thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. If you've got your Bibles, let's go Luke chapter two today. Uh, I'm gonna read this text and then we're gonna go after. I wanna talk about peace in the midst of uh, pain. And so if you have your Bibles, let's go Luke chapter two, famous text, uh, one that we all know very well. If you don't know it from Bible uh, school or from Sunday school, you know it from Linus. Um, But let's go Luke chapter two, verse eight says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you and he is the Messiah. He is the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Here's the word peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace on people. Peace to people who the favor of the Lord rests. It's going to be people that experience the peace of God. Father, we love you today. And Father, we ask, Lord Jesus, that we would live here, 21st century America, as wholehearted disciples. We ask that we would have peace this Christmas. I ask that you would work supernaturally, even in these next few minutes that we have together. And God, that you would work in a way that is beyond what we can just cognitively comprehend. I pray, Lord God, that you would work supernaturally. And that what would grow in our hearts would be uh, a down, just a, a download of peace in our hearts, a, a growth of peace, God at work. And that we, we wouldn't be able to explain it as anything other than this is what God did. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Um, this was a, a nostalgic week for me. I don't know if it was for you. Um, I, I love the nostalgic things at Christmas. One of the things that I like to do in Kansas City with my family uh, is go look at lights. So we load up in the truck and go look at lights. It's kind of a fun thing to do. As our kids are getting older, you need a little bit more entertainment because they're not as fascinated with the lights. So now you have to go to Starbucks too. Costs a little bit more than it used to. Um, but, but we love looking at lights. And Kansas City is a great place to do that. You know, many places and some other places where I've lived, uh, you don't have all of the lights and the neighborhoods and you can now, it's pretty amazing. You can go find like the really cool neighborhoods and and look at lights. Like Kansas City looking at lights is really, really amazing. Um, I love that. Uh, Another thing that I love is uh, this week we opened up some gifts. And so uh, I know that we normally don't do that till Christmas, but uh, in my house, if we receive a gift in the mail, that's the kind that you can just open, just like you don't even have to wait. And so uh, I don't know what your system is, but we have a system for that in our house. And so um, I got to open a, a little bit of gifts this week. I was a hero this week in a gift exchange because I went and I uh, got the Legos that my son wanted in the gift exchange, but he didn't get. He ended up with a mom gift a candle. And I went and I went and got Legos, stole a Legos, probably lost points with Renata for this, but gained a lot with Justice. I stole Legos from one of the cousins and I gave them to Justice and he loves me more. It's a new tradition for me to uh, gain his love by stealing from others. Anyway, and uh, I'm hoping it becomes nostalgic for him. Like, you remember that day, Dad? I mean, he took what and mm, gave what I deserve. Anyway, but um, I felt that love that just, 
just, just, just really great. Um, and I, I love some of the nostalgic pieces, lights, gifts, all the stuff that we have at Christmas. And really, if those things point us to Jesus, we do well. Here's the challenge, though. We live in 21st century America where it's really easy to have nostalgia be what we talk about, what we celebrate, even what we think about, instead of Jesus. Straight up, that's where I'm going. Straight up, I want us to just kind of pull back and talk about it. And I, I think that I, I started to learn this when I was in high school. Um, I know that sounds crazy because you think you can't really learn anything in high school, but I remember a rant that I gave to some of my friends because I was in high school corral is what we called it. And, uh, and so public school. And there was a moment, do you guys remember in the 90s, early 90s, where Home Alone was like the blockbuster hit? And uh, it was big. I mean, you know, like now it's like a classic, like old, and, but, but back then it was big deal. And so my high school, we were going to sing like Macaulay Culkin, like, let's go. And we were singing about, we were singing the Home Alone song. And I just remember being dressed up, wearing a tux, singing with my friends. And I was singing bass. All my friends were over six feet tall. I felt good about myself because I wasn't six feet tall, but man, I was singing bass. Actually, it's because I probably was a poor singer. But anyway, I got to sing bass. And we're singing this song that came out of that Home Alone movie where we're singing about... Uh, about shadows painting the ceiling, and then we're singing, uh, staring at the fire glow, feeling that gingerbread feeling. I just remember looking at some of my friends, and I said, do you guys know what the gingerbread feeling is? Like, what are we talking about? And then I just began to even boycott in my heart, like, I ain't singing that. Like, that's just, that's just not masculine enough. I'm not singing about a gingerbread feeling. Like, I don't, I don't know what a gingerbread feeling is. I don't like it. Like, I don't even know. But we're singing about candles in the window and shadows being painted on the ceiling and staring at a fire glow and feeling that gingerbread feeling. And I just remember, I, I, I mean, I wasn't a strong theologian at 16, but I, I mean, I, I, I came from a pretty, pretty clear family that had just put enough DNA in me that I, I just got on a little soapbox and I started thinking about, you know, I wonder what takes place if what's cute and kind of sweet and kind of nice, and we just kind of sing about some secondary things, if, if perhaps if we do it for decades, if instead of the arrival of the Savior and the arrival of here we have the Jesus, the Savior, who, the Messiah, and he's coming and he's going to bring peace. I wonder if it's easy over time to just start to get excited about gingerbread feeling, some of the nostalgia, some of the things and if we sing about those things, and if you look at the angel right here, the angel is, is this is, the, the aim here is not to create nostalgia. The aim is that the presence of a person transforms people, and that person's name is Jesus. And so it's about a person, it's about his presence on earth to a people that will transform them and change them. I think for you and for me, sometimes it's easy for us to think, well, if I can get all the circumstance right, then I'll have peace. If I, can get, if I can get to where I have Christmas this year, get the relationships right, get the kids right, get the marriage right, get the income right, get the gifts right, start the traditions, get the eggnog right. I had some eggnog yesterday. It was good. I'm for some eggnog. I'm for some lights. But if those props become the substitute for the presence of Jesus as you celebrate Christmas, you'll find yourself not just distant from what God has for you, but you'll find yourself filled with a life of anxiety. You'll feel yourself on a never-ending treadmill, attempting to find what cannot be found on earth. 
And Jesus looked at his disciples and he told them, I'm going to give you, when he stares at them, he says, I want you to have my peace. And it's a peace that the world cannot give. And you and I live in a culture where there is always, always this pressure. We try to find some peace in the way that the world gives it. But when we look at the words of Jesus, he tells us he's the one that gives peace. And I know for me, I've had the opportunity to to be in uh, the mountains of Nepal and see people that have never been in the materialism rat race have peace. And as a, as a pastor, I've had the privilege of being in Mexico, different parts of the world where it's so rural and so poor. They don't have, they don't have an economy like ours where we trade goods and services and people have the opportunity to grow in financial wealth or to get health insurance or to try to set up a fence or to do all the different things that we do to try to figure out how to have the temperature right, the fence right, the insurance right. If I can get all these things right, then I'll have peace. Then I'll just have contentment. Then I'll be okay. And yet in the midst of their lesser circumstance, there's a radiant vibrance of the presence of Jesus that produces authentic Christ-given peace. And my prayer for us today as we go into this week of Christmas is that we would possess the nostalgia. That's fine. But have it point to Jesus and have the substance, what we celebrate, every light, every song, every, have the substance be Jesus this Christmas is the peace giver. He's the real fear fighter. And I'm going to have peace, not because I've got perfect circumstance, because you won't, but because you have Christ. My dream is that we would experience it, see it, and take intentional steps into the presence of Jesus and experience peace. So when the angel speaks, there is not verbalized in Luke 2, hey, The circumstance is about to change. What is spoken is there's a person and the presence of this person will bring peace on whom his favor rests. Here's where we're aiming. Oh God, let it be me. Oh Jesus, have your way in me. Oh Jesus, you be my peace. God, be at work. And I want to start with just encouraging you that peace is possible. Peace is possible. Because one of the things that the enemy will come to you is come to you and lie to you, try to deceive you and try to say, not possible. Your circumstance is too messed up. But I was thinking about some of the different ways that we could see people that by the peace of Jesus, not because their circumstance got better, but because they got closer to Jesus. They became different. And I was thinking about Stephanie Binning. And I've watched Stephanie Binning, who lost her husband this year, in a tragic auto accident. And I've watched her in our church go through such difficult circumstance. And on her tongue is who Jesus is, how Jesus has been with her in the storm. And I've, I've, I've listened to her in, in conversations, just in a driveway. And she's talking about Jesus. And, and she's actually declaring it She's saying it. You can find places where she's even preaching it. 
The only way, the only way that you have that is if the presence of a real person has brought you peace instead of all your circumstance being right. I was thinking about someone who is in the hospital in our church facing tragic health problems and unrattled speaking of quoting scripture, praying for others. And yet, here's the tendency for you and me, for you and me to say, all right, once I get, and we're not singing the Home Alone song because that's a little bit like crazy. We're not like, hey, uh, you know, candles in the window, shadows painting the ceiling, staring at the fire glow, feeling that gingerbread feeling. But here's what we're saying. All the money's right. Maybe, maybe all the, just this, if I could just have this marriage right, if I just made a little more money, if they would just, if, and every single person right here, your, the way that you would sing the lyric of that song, where you would substitute real peace for counterfeit peace, your little buffet of counterfeit peace would be different, but all of us have the enemy coming in and saying, hey, not, not the peace of Jesus, but here, here the, you substitute it with the peace that the world brings and you're in this never-ending anxiety, stressful chase. So in the midst of your chaos, in the midst of whatever you're facing, I wanna invite you to look at this Christmas. Nostalgia just won't do. Nostalgia just won't cut it. We need the presence of Jesus to bring peace. Because though this was a nostalgic week for my family, and though I told you some cute little stories, can I tell you what really marked this week? You know, one of the fun things about being a pastor is you get the privilege of going on the journey with people. So they say, here's my health condition. Will you pray with me? David, will you mobilize the intercessors? And uh, one of, the, one of the great pieces of the internet is that people can find you and they can direct message me and find me. I think because of the miracle that took place for my dad last Christmas, um, there's been more people than ever that have invited me to go on the journey with them and to pray for healing. So I found myself uh, just, just on, on some great winning moments, some moments that were just delightful. Some stories of a person that looked like they were literally not going to make it and on their last breath. And then the, just God of the turnaround and we see a miracle and celebrate with that person in Nebraska. Someone I don't know, but someone that I'd labored in prayer for, believing God for, saw that turnaround. Saw, saw a turnaround up in Washington state. Just shocker. No way. Impossible. Oh God, you're good. Thank you. Sing the song again. I thank God. Oh, the goodness of God. But, uh, but I've also experienced one I was praying for in California just standing with the church out there and just tragic loss, death. And this week, this was a week that Renata and I explained three deaths to our children. That's a hard week. This is a moment where, um, man, I'm, I'm loving gift exchanges and I'm loving some eggnog and drank some yesterday, baby. Like, it's good. But it's a painful week. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you go into this week? And how do, you, how, how, how do we be a church that doesn't pretend 
but really experiences the peace of Jesus. And I wanna encourage you, number one, it's possible. There's people that are in far worse circumstance than you're in. So sometimes we think, no, I'm in the middle of chaos. So we run from pain. But disciples, in the middle of whatever pain you're in, you pray your pain and you throw it on God and don't run from the pain. That's what our culture teaches us. And that's what the, most of the movies are about. I experience pain, so I get revenge. I experience pain, so I run away. I experience my pain, so I just go get myself to work or a hobby or, or a different relationship. But imagine in the midst of the pain that you're in, if you run into the presence of God and pursue him and get close to him. Peace is possible. Peace, you can look historically. You can look at, you can look at Stephen in Acts, peace. You can look at Paul in prison, peace. You can look at people in our congregation right now who have peace in the midst of pain. And it's possible no matter what scenario you're facing, instead of buying into the enemy and saying, I'm going to punt on radical Christianity and live some kind of substitute that, that I've made up. It's possible for you to stare right in the face of your crisis and your pain and your difficulty and, and, and the, the broken situation at Christmas and be oozing actual supernatural peace. Have the peace of God alive inside of you. So I want to invite you to then look at Jesus because he's, Jesus is the real peace giver. And so I could give you some examples of some people, but you want to study it? Look at the way that Jesus responds. So in addition to sermons on Sunday and in addition to songs that you hear on the radio, spending time where you're looking at the life of Jesus and saying, okay, Jesus, you give me your peace. What does his peace look like? So there's the story of Jesus in Mark 4 where he has peace in the boat. And when everybody else, all the disciples are afraid, Jesus has peace and then he stands and he speaks and says, peace be still. So imagine with me, if you, in the midst of your storm, personify a Christ-like peace, all the people around Jesus have anxiety and stress because the circumstance, the outward circumstance justifies the anxiety. But Jesus has peace in the storm. So in your storm, in your chaos, what would it look like for you to say, Jesus, if I were to look at your life and I were to see Christ walking on earth, so the baby becomes the man and we get this example, what would it look like for me to go through this? What could be a very difficult Christmas, could be a very difficult week and have his peace. Not just grit your teeth and endure it. <clears throat> I'm a tough American. I can handle anything. No, but no, I want the Christ-like peace of Jesus where it's actually his peace at work in me. And when you do that and everybody else around you will have anxiety, but you're, you're, you're walking differently, it demonstrates to the world Christ in you. People begin to ask questions. How? How? How can you walk with peace 
in such a difficult storm. That's what happened with Stephanie. Wow, what? And it gives you the opportunity to be the radiant light, to speak. Let me tell you about my Jesus. So maybe the pandemic is a powerful moment for the people of God to have peace when there's just nothing but chaos and stress and just all around us. And we're walking in something that's supernatural. And Jesus is your example. So you don't make it up. You study his life and you look at Jesus and he looks at the lady who's reaching out, touching the hem of his garment. And he exchanges her anxiety and her broken body. And she receives what? Healing. And he looks at her and he says, peace. In the same way he gives her peace, he can heal you and he can give you peace. And maybe you're here today and you're just like her. You're broken. Jesus is not the Lord of your life. You're not a disciple. You're the Lord of your life. You're making the, cho- the call. You, it's, it's you. It's your, you you're the boss. But today you're going, I'm, I'm desperate. I need a savior and a healer and a peace giver and a fear fighter. I need Jesus. He'll give you peace. Just like like he gave her peace, he'll give it for you. And Jesus always speaks this way. He loves to speak peace. Even after the resurrection, he comes before his disciples and they're up in the upper room and he looks at them and he says, peace. So today, when you are actually living in a culture, a culture that profits off of you having anxiety, because then you'll spend your money and your affection, and your time, talent, and treasure in every single possible way with their product. If you become the person that says, all right, I want the actual peace, peace on whom his favor rests. There's going to be a people that are marked with the peace of God, and it's supernatural. It's God at work. It's God at work inside of me. How do I get there, David? How do I take steps? How do I move forward? I want to just give you a few practical ones. Number one is this. I want to invite you, identify the places where you find counterfeit peace. Where do you find counterfeit peace? Because over and over again, the temptation will be to just say, this is just normal. This is is just the way that life is. Come on, let's be real. But Jesus looks at his disciples and he says things like, I've told you these things, John 16, so that in me, you may have peace. I want you to have peace. And he says, in me. So peace is available. It's in Christ and it's in him. So union with Jesus, where what he has becomes mine. What's in him, I gain his peace, union with him. Um, I'm going for my second movie illustration here. Uh, So we'll go home alone. Then we'll go a little bit further back. All of you that were uh, alive in the 80s, you're with me. Um, But but remember Rocky, I guess probably 70s, uh, Rocky kind of came on the scene, big deal. And um, and there's the famous Rocky moment where Pauly looks at Rocky and says, you know, what do you like about my sister and Adrian and, and his sister, Adrian? And Rocky says, I got gaps. She got gaps together. We fill gaps, right? 
So, but it's Sylvester Stallone. So I'll save you, but I won't do it, but I could. Right. And, and, and here's, here's what, here's what Rocky's saying. He's going, I'm broken. She's broken. And together we help each other together. When you think about this idea of peace, it's the word shalom. It's this idea of wholeness. It's the idea of Jesus is whole. You're broken. And when I step into union with Christ and he's the one who is whole, he's the one who's complete, then I bring my broken life. I got gaps. He has no gaps. He's whole. He's Christ. And I do life with Christ and Christ comes and dwells in me. Then union with Christ is the way that I develop peace. So you can end up a disciple and face martyrdom. You can be a disciple and face prison. You can be a disciple and stare Stephen Acts 6 and they're going to stone me, but I'm staring at Jesus. And suddenly you become a different person where it's like, what's with you? It's supernatural. It's the shalom. It's the peace of Christ that rules in your heart and you're fundamentally different. So peace in your life this Christmas is possible and it won't happen because you get all the props right. Man, I got the fire glow, baby. Man, I got the gingerbread feeling. Man, the kids are right. You'll be chasing what's unattainable. But in the midst of your mess, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your chaos, in the midst of the disease, in the midst of the death, in the midst of the disappointment, how? I'm going to run into his presence. Get in the presence with the peace giver. Take a step, Jesus. I want to be with you. Identify them. Listen, when we look at, when we look back in the first century and the angel would speak peace on whom his favor rests, they're living in a time where, where in the first century, Pax Romana, everybody was looking to Rome for peace and Rome had an agenda and it would be easy for you to say, maybe Rome, maybe they'll bring peace, counterfeit. Or you flip it and you go, no, maybe Maybe we'll be the zealots that overthrow the Romans and then we'll have peace. And the angel speaks into that situation and says, don't look at man to give you peace. Don't look. Here's the presence of a person, Jesus, Savior, Messiah. That, that's the real peace giver. And just like there was first century Rome, there's people all around you saying, find your peace this way. Find your peace in this cause. Find this peace with this amount of wealth, this amount of health, this amount of security, this picture. And all of those things, I'm not articulating them as bad. I am saying they are not first. There is one. There is, there is, there is one who gives peace. And so I would invite you, number one, identify what are the things in me? What are the things that I give counterfeit? I know what mine are. I ain't going to confess them right here, right now, but I know what they are. I know in my life where my temptations go, if I get this right, this right, this right, this right. And then Jesus comes and says, David, I'm your peace. Oh, 
So run to the place where you experience the peace of God. The moments where you worship. Moments where you study the word of God. Get into a rhythm where you know that I, I can't, I'm gonna get my family. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pursue those places. And, and, and the method is not the issue. It is the grace. It is what God does. But man, when you, when you intentionally say, I, I, I'm, I'm hungry for that, you become a person that's like, oh, <laughs> I wanna get in the environment. I wanna get in the time alone with God. I want to, I want to put worship on in the car. I was driving with my kids this week and I, I was, I was the one leading the charge of let's play the goofiest Christmas songs we could ever play. And so I'm like looking for them. Like I'm going for old school, like, so, like what's the funny, silliest stuff I can find. And all of a sudden I'm just like, ah, oh, this is, this, this doesn't, this isn't helping. And I literally not Christmassy, just full on put on my current favorite worship song. And I mean, you, I just was like, peace, just straight, just, ah. Oh. I want to tell you, if you'll work on, I can identify, here's counterfeit peace in my life. Different for Renata than David, different for you than me, all of us, but you could articulate them in your life and then figure out how, how can I, how can I run to God in prayer instead of from God in pain? What we do is we go, I'm ticked. I'm so annoyed that this counterfeit piece isn't propping up my heart anymore. And so we just run from all the pain. Yet the essence of the Christ follower in that moment, it's the privilege to run to God with your pain and watch him do a miracle. Watch him take the ashes, the difficulty, the hardship, the opposite of everything pretty and nice and cute and do something beautiful. Paul says it, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation, every situation, every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And here it is. And the peace of God, there it is right there. And the peace of God. And this is the phrase which transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense. Jesus, how can you stand before Pilate? Don't you realize Pilate looks at him, John 19, I could have, I could have you crucified. He's got, he's got peace in the midst of staring death in the face. He's got peace in the storm. And what exists in him, he's saying, I want to give it as a gift to my disciples. That's them and that's you. 21st century disciples. So the last idea is this. In the middle of the, the pain that you're in, if you'll not run from the pain and just say, because I've seen so many movies, storylines, um, even on social media, this is what people do. They run from it. Fine. Mm, I'll just, mm, just, mm, just, I'm going to, and it looks different running from the pain, but if you'll take it and cast it on God by prayer and petition, then you'll watch it. He'll go, okay, you want my peace and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Stephanie's peace, supernatural. People that I know of in our church who in the hospital are talking about Jesus and trust. And instead of accusation towards God and saying, why, why am I in this pain? They're saying, I trust you with the pain, the physical pain. Or if it looks like their life was going to 
end and they were facing death, quoting, I have finished the race. I have fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. What? Shouldn't you be ticked and mad and just, it's God at work. And I want to invite you, as you go into this Christmas, as you go into, as you go into Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm all for, let's go for it. Let's go candy canes. Let's go eggnog. Let's go lights and candles. But all those things are pointing us to the substance, to the person that actually has the power to transform your heart. Candy canes can't. Deepest thought of the day right there. I'm just saying, I, I just, I, I don't, I know that we don't say it, but every time we just leave God out and we just run through the Christmas, we just run through, let's just, let's just run it back. We're just going to run back. I attend the service, but I don't worship. I do the gifts, but I don't actually pray. I don't actually have, I, I don't, I, 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 and I'm just telling you, it, Sounds easy to say, David, give me a new idea. I'm just inviting you to think, what does it look like for you to actually have Jesus be your peace in the midst of what is probably an imperfect Christmas for all of us? And then when you live that way, it's actually, it's actually your peace is what causes us to be a radiant light in Kansas City. When the people of God have the peace of God in the pain of the culture and other people see you walk with peace in what will cause them to just be outraged, then they're starting to go. What happens when your life causes people to ask questions? Like there's something about Jesus' life that Pilate starts asking questions. Something, what, what's, where do you come from? Oh. And sometimes... When there's people that live with a supernatural peace, it could be that a pandemic is our greatest opportunity to show a world that is tired of shallow Christianity. They see God at work inside of a person. How are you like this? What is it about you? God at work. You are going to probably receive gifts and give gifts this week. Jesus gave a gift to his disciples. In John 14, he looks at them just before he goes to the cross and he says this, peace, I leave with you. There it is. I'm gonna give you something. And he says, my peace, I give you. Whoa, I'm gonna leave it. I give you my peace. Have you ever seen... Have you ever seen someone have something that you go, what is it about you? I, I know a, a businessman who um, is so filled with uh, love and joy and peace. He uses this phrase all the time where people say, what's it, what's it with you? And he's like, I, I, can't, I'm, I, can't, I can't tell you about my peace. I, let's just, and then they're hungry and they're asking, no, no, no. How do you have such peace? No, 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 no. I, I'm not gonna tell you. No, 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 now I gotta know. No, I'll give you a gift. I'll buy you dinner. Tell me, how do you have peace? And his peace, which is his, Jesus' work in his life, has become his opportunity to lead. And he's led hundreds and hundreds of people to Christ by being peaceful 
in a chaotic business culture. It's just everybody's up and down. And Jesus says, peace I leave you, my peace I give you, my peace. So the one, the peace in the storm, yeah, whoa. Thomas, did you see how peaceful he was in the storm? That was amazing. You're gonna give us your peace? You, you, you live in a very, very different way than everybody else. Yeah, my peace, my peace. My peace I give you, and I did not give to you as the world gives. I'm just telling you, the world's still giving false peace. The world's offering counterfeit peace. And you and I are often tricked. <sighs> Better buy into that. Better get that right. Saw that on Insta stories. Better get that right. Better change that. As soon as I get these 15 things right, I'll be good. But maybe the gift that we need today is the peace that Jesus gives, the shalom, wholeness. I got gaps, you got gaps, and you know what? Without Jesus, we still got massive gaps. But when you have the whole one, the one who is shalom, the one who has wholeness, and you have relationship with him, then whatever gaps I got, whatever brokenness, Jesus, he fills me. And I have peace in the prison. I have peace in the pain. I have peace in the disappointment. I have peace in the letdown. I have peace in the loss of the loved one. I have peace in the financial disaster. I have peace in an economy. I have peace in America. I have peace in the chaos. Why? Because he's my peace. Amen? Let's stand together and let me pray for you. Would you take a moment and just you and Jesus, just go deep for a moment and just one place that's the counterfeit peace you see. Just in your life, just get real, just repent. Just get real with God. Just say it. Just, Jesus, I, I find my peace in, name it. Teenagers, it's massively different than guys my age. Every one of us, but, but probably a good chance you could name it. Jesus says, I give you peace. Not, the, not that the world gives. There's my counterfeit peace, God. Some of you are like, I got a list of seven. I could just give it. I just lay them all out right now. I want you to just identify one. And now would you just, as a disciple of Jesus, just say, Jesus, you're my peace. Be my peace. I want the peace that transcends all understanding. The peace that is so evident, it's so real. You're my peace. Let me be one on whom your favor rests. Peace. Maybe you're here today and right now you're calling the shots. You do what you want to do. You live for yourself. You, you, you have not asked Jesus to be your savior and your Lord. You're kind of your own functional savior. You got a lot of strength in yourself. 
But today you go, I'm done with that. Jesus is the Savior. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. And you say, I want to surrender my life, turn from being the leader of my own life. And I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to give everything. If you want to follow Jesus today, begin that journey. Jesus will save you like he has saved us. And we're the fellowship of the redeemed. We're the people that the story of Jesus is the story of our lives. If you say, I want that. I want, I want, I want Christ above all. I want him to save me. I want to invite you to pray this prayer. This isn't the end of your prayer life. This is the beginning of your prayer life. This is just the first prayer. It's where you just come to Jesus and just start with this. Jesus, save me. Heal me. Restore me. I give you my life. I choose to follow you. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Radiant, can we give a big hand for everybody that prayed that prayer today? Yeah.